Boom, we are back, 120th edition of the Quarantine Cast. This all started just a few months ago. I was uh, bored in my, uh, in my kitchen during quarantine, and next thing you know, I've interviewed 120 people. It's crazy, um, but here we are, and I'm really excited for this one. Um, it's, in my opinion, the best, if not one of the best, prospects out of Canada um, in Tom O'Connor. He just had a huge win um, for XFC. Without further ado, here he is. Hey man, how's it going? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on the show. How's it going? It's going good. How'd uh, how'd that sound, man? One of the best prospects in all of Canada, and that's that's saying a lot, especially with that long layoff you had. Yeah, it sounds good, and I, of course, uh, I like hearing it and appreciate you saying it. Um, you know, it just work going in and keep working, and throughout the layoff, like say the the big question mark of how is this going to look getting back and. You know, all those questions, kind of what what it'll look like going back, what opportunities will I even get, where where will the image of me be, you know, where will I be ranked and everything. So being able to just get back and have a fight at XFC, that was unreal. And just, you know, being in the room with fighters again, and it, it felt good at the time like this to be, it felt like home. So that was good. And, of course, I like my name being mentioned in a sport like this. It's the more I'm mentioned, the better, so... Yeah, it's a it's a really weird sport because unlike you know hockey or soccer or whatever else, we there is a lot of recency bias, right? Like there's if you don't fight for a period of time, you're often forgotten. You know, like there's the Anthony Romeros that are coming up, the Aaron Jeffries, and they deserve all that credit and all the attention they're getting. But guys like you who haven't fought in a while kind of tend to disappear. Um, so it's good to have you back, man, and uh, representing Canada. Um, there's not a whole lot of us. Uh, in the sport so uh, it's definitely good to have another one in there yeah yeah absolutely it is a crazy sport that way how other teams too they got a big season and a build-up and kind of off season and in season and off season right but you can't have that with MMA because every in individual athlete is being it's their own setup of off season in season and when fights match up and some fighters more active than others and yeah so it is crazy how you can be at the top of the world and then forgotten about the next day. It's kind of a crazy sport that way. But I think that's part of what makes it so exciting too is, you know, things things are moving fast. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And uh, especially during this time when everything else was a standstill, the fact that the sport continued um, really says a lot about the sport as a whole as well as fighters. You know, they are a different breed, you know. You're not looking for ways out. You want to actually get in there and compete, and it separates them from a lot of other athletes. That being said, you got in there. Canada's at a standstill. Events can't happen in Canada. You decide, you know what, I'm going to go the other side of the border, and I am going to go enter a tournament without competing in such a long period of time. So kind of talk a little bit about how that all played out. I mean, you haven't fought in two years, and you're going to jump right into a tournament. Like, that's three fights you're agreeing to, not just one. Yeah, man. Well, I am all in on this. So it it, it didn't matter what the tournament was or who, what the opponent looked like. You know, UFC calls, whoever it was, XFC calls, I'm going. And um, I was with the layoff coming back when I, when I started feeling better and taking care of the injuries that I had. Right away, I was just wanting to get back. But then quarantine hit and I wasn't sure when the opportunity would come. But my manager working around the clock and awesome on awesome management epoch agencies found the opportunity and somehow was in connection with xfc and offered it to me and yeah there was zero hesitation i was like let's go 155 less of a cut but heavier weight you know i fought 145 155 
But so it was kind of a double-edged sword there with, you know, I don't have to cut as much, but it also is heavier. But I, I just love the sport and competing. So I was excited to get back in there and represent Canada and keep crushing. And it seems like there's a bit of a wave right now of, uh, you know, everything goes through ebbs and flows, but Canadian MMA is on a bit of a resurgence and we got some really high level talent coming in. And, you know, I've, I've been just listening to some different podcasts and uh, even some commentary on some fights and stuff. And it seems like they're sleeping on some of Canadian, of yes. Canada MMA athletes. And I think that's, that can be a bad idea because there's some guys that are coming with like absolute fire and the work ethic down here, you know, you know, right. Like, it's a grinder mentality and everyone's in there for, for hard fights and no one's looking for an easy way out. So I think that uh, there's a lot of really good names, Tanner Bozer, right? Like those guys, you got um, Hakeem Duodau coming out of Calgary and, and across all of Canada, there's guys coming up that are killers. So it's exciting. Yeah. There's a, I want, I want to touch on that a little bit later, but one of the things I really want to talk about is you had a concussion and in the sport of MMA, it's a lot different than a hockey or whatever else. Like one of the best Canadian mixed martial artists of all time, a guy I actually bumped into the other day and TJ Grant retired from the sport when he was about to fight for a title because of the exact same injury uh, you went through. So mm -hmm. kind of talk about your recovery from that. And uh, obviously knowing that you're going to get punched in the head and you're going to get kicked in the head. Was there any hesitation to jump back in there? Um, no hesitation to jump back in because Right, like there's seasons of life and I know I can't do MMA forever and I'm just blessed that I get to do it at all and compete and do something I love. Being a professional athlete is what I've always wanted to do. And it, it just, when I was growing up, I didn't do any martial arts. So it was, you know, it was rugby or hockey or something aside from martial arts. And then this all happened and I fell in love with martial arts. So the path there was no different. I, I, I was ready to go as soon as I could compete again. There was zero hesitation because of the concussion, but um, there was definitely just making sure I did took the right steps to feel confident, right? Like you got to go in with the right mindset to be, to go into a fight. And we've all seen, you know, at the highest level guys go into a fight and their mind isn't in it. Well, it never turns out good. So you have to go in with confidence and you have to, but confidence comes with preparation and, so I think a large part of why I, I had less hesitation wasn't just because I love doing what I do, but because I was going to, I took the right amount of time and put a plan in place, worked alongside my physio, my trainer, and uh, made sure that I was 100%, just so there was no doubts about the concussion and my health. I, you know, made sure I was in, in the right shape. And, and so everything was in place where I was completely, completely confident in my head and my health. And then I just had to perform, and that's a whole nother level of story, right? But um, yeah, for, as for concussion health, I felt like I'd recovered really well from it. And I think a big, I kind of was in a lucky situation, which also was part of why I think the delay happened so long and why I was out so long, was I took a good amount of time off because of the concussion. I really, you know, tiptoed around it. I was, I went on, I was on an eight fight win streak at the time. I just won the XFFC title, beating Chris Day in Penticton. And I it was right after that, you know, a little bit right after, and I in training, boom, concussion. So I didn't, I kind of was, took extra amount of time than I needed with my physio, everyone, to make sure I was in the best position possible. And it kind of worked 
it worked for me because I was healthy and my brain was healthy, but I, um, I jumped back into training after that long layoff really quickly and MCL. So yeah, yeah. you kind of learn from that, but I, as, as goes for head trauma, I felt, I felt a hundred percent. So that was good. And that is a scary injury to, to face. And I think in our sport and in sports in general, we're starting to get a really good eye on it. And, you know, it's, it's always a talk from the outside looking in. That's something that uh, event planners, organizers, you know, the, the referees, the doctors, everyone is taking that really seriously as they should. So it, I'm glad I had the time, but I'm, I'm, I just wanted to get back in the time off as we know with quarantine is kind of can make you go crazy. When you started ramping up your training there leading up to the fight, obviously with your MCL um, as well as the concussion, was there anything, any knacking injuries, or did you feel 100% that entire training camp? I felt good. One thing that I um, that helped with that, I, I felt 100% through the training camp. Of course, there's no easy training camp, so I was banged up. I bumped some bruises, you know, things twisted, nagging things that come in in training naturally but as for mcl both my knees were completely healthy low back was healthy head and neck was healthy and uh i'd attribute it to just my strength and conditioning at hard training here in lethbridge and then also um a big part is just making sure that i do the role you know like the mobility work stretching something that gets overlooked all the time and it's, it's mandatory, you know, as especially we're getting older, we put pressures on our body, everything, everybody goes through their daily life and uh, you could throw something out and just give yourself some TLC. So I mean, our, this camp, there was a big focus on making sure I stretch before every session, after every session and being just really, really adamant on it, really consistent. So I think uh, that it was a big part. Is that, is that your, like, is that at your house? Are you like, do you have a gym set up in your house? Where is I, that? My, this is my little dojo. Got the animals there to uh, to motivate. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, mats, so it's a little space. Can you still see there? Yep. Yeah, that's a little space. Man, I I love it. That's all you need, though. Really, like yeah, a lot of guys. Yeah, very lucky to have it. So um, with with the quarantine going, I kind of just you know zoned in in here. One of the uh, I want to talk about your fight. I mean, you had a massive win over Jose Caceres. Oh my, uh, Jose Caceres, who's who is the most experienced fighter you've faced. You went up there, you looked very dominant, you looked very good. You got him done, put him away. Then you got matched up with Kenny Cross. You wanted to compete on the Contender Series. This guy has competed on the Contender Series, and he won his fight successfully. Obviously, didn't get the contract. Do you feel like maybe you can kind of leapfrog him? Like you know, the UFC eyes are on him. If you can get it done against him. You know, maybe those UFC eyes would go, would come your way. Yeah, and ju just all of the eyes in MMA, like you, you know, it's crazy how small of a world it really is, and how everybody mm -hmm. is talking. And um, yeah, I think that it is a really big opportunity for me. And like Jose Caceres, the level up in opponent that he was, and the people he's faced, and just him in general, how experienced he is, how much time he's had in the in the ring, right? It it was cool to come off of layoff and have such a big opportunity. And I think it just motivated me more to 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 be lucky enough to get an opportunity like that. And um, so I kind of just felt yeah supercharged to put everything in, like fully immerse myself, which was awesome. And then same thing for Kenny Cross, awesome athlete, good, like really solid martial artist, great guy, charismatic, you know, kind of a superstar style guy. And uh, I think being on the Contender Series, even got to talking to him a bit and 
there's one cool thing about the tournament is I got talking to him and I get talked to him and meet this guy before fighting him and uh, he talks about the contender series and what it's like and just a guy like that that has been leveling up the way he has been for me if I can beat a guy like that and which I I plan to do is I think it is a huge step in stone and that's it's cool to see just levels in the game right like and when you're when you're climbing the levels that feels good so I'm just excited. I'm sure you're you're focused on on your side of the bracket, but it is very exciting on the other side as well. There is another Canadian and obviously a uh, a former UFC fighter, a guy who, who has actually competed in the UFC and Kurt Hollibaugh. Did you have a preference on opponent, or was it just man whoever they match me up with? Whoever they match me up with, man, I'm I am excited to be. My name is in the name with those guys, and uh, that that's what you want to be in. You want to put yourself in a room of the elite, right? And so I just that's what I plan to do. Keep putting myself in these rooms of the elite until I'm at the top. And uh, so the names, those, those three names right there, like it's a, it's a lineup of killers and I'm going to try and beat all of them. So match me up with whichever one. Okay. I, I would love, I would love personally to see a Canadian Canadian final, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, obviously seeing two Canadians in the final of a, of an American tournament would say a lot about Canada MMA. Um, especially right now. Like, you, I mean, we, yeah. we talked about it a little bit. Obviously, Xavier Aloui, who I spoke to a couple of weeks ago, just went and got the UAE Warriors belt. And there seems to be a lot of success outside of the UFC. But when it comes to the UFC, like guys like TJ Laramie get so close, KB Bueller right yeah. there as well. What do you think it's going to take to get over that hump? Uh, Tanner Bozer, I thought, was the best the best example of it, and then Andre Arlovsky. Um, and then we obviously Hakeem Dawadu. But what do you think it's going to take to really get over that hump and to have another Rory McDonald, uh, TJ Grant, or George St. Pierre? The superstars. Um, well, I think that it's it's not necessarily as much getting over the hump as it, like I said, it just comes in waves. And fighting from the side of, you see it is the sports side and the, the um, entertainer side. There's a lot of the marketing that that's going to come down to the personality of the, of the athletes and how, how much they can get there. But bottom line is you have to win. So I think that um, I think it's just going to continue on building. And even the guys like KB, like his fight, he came in and it, it looked good. He just just couldn't get it done kind of thing. Right. And it, fighting is such like we said, you could be up here one day and completely on top of the world and you lose one fight and you're forgotten about. Yeah. Right. So, but that doesn't mean that these guys don't, that we don't stop training and going for the next event. So I think it's just a timing thing for each individual athlete. Like, I just think the timings has to be right for Tanner Bozer right now. That guy's a killer. He's going out, just fought a legend in Andre Orlovsky. Like, that was I thought awesome. he won it. I thought he won it. <laughs> yeah. I, and I did too. But I mean, when or not, the, the, the fact he's in there, same thing we're talking about sharing the room with the elite. Like, he's, he's right there. Right. So, and TJ Laramie thought he looked good as well for most of that fight for the fight he was in. And uh, he's a killer too. So I think it's a timing thing and just, you know, being in the right place at the right time and capitalizing on the moment. And um, yeah, I think, it, I think getting over the hump, it'll be just depending on which athletes are, are in the right headspace mentally and put everything into it the most they can. And uh, like the opportunities seem like they're coming more often for us in Canada, you know, like you even mentioned outside the UFC, it's a pretty dominant force right now. Mm -hmm. It seems anyways. And, um, I think that it's just kind of opening the doors. You got those guys, even though even KB, TJ, even though the way that their fights went and 
where they're at. I still think that's just keeping the foot in the door and, you know, they're starting to notice Canadian talent. It seems like maybe it was overlooked a little bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the next wave of the TJ Grants, George St. Pierre's. So yeah, part of that. Yeah. um, It it really is good. And I think up until recently, when you thought about Canadian MMA gyms, the only one anyone ever thought of was TriStar. Right. You know, um, people didn't think of Niagara Top Team, and now all of a sudden they have this wave. Obviously, you at PFA, uh, Titans MMA, the list goes on and on. That being said, I want you to talk a little bit about your gym. You've got a great team behind you, but maybe not um, maybe not as many people are familiar with them um, as we are because we're in Canada. So if you have 30 seconds to hype up your gym, what would you say? It is a, It is such an awesome place like – most gyms, family and family kind of vibes. You go in and everybody's friendly, but then you get to sparring class and it's a lineup of killers, right? And it is cool because you got Brad Wall running it, you know, mm-hmm. le- legendary Muay Thai fighter. He's a badass and he's in there every single day. Like, same thing, hit, Dojo is his home. And so anytime you're in there, you're learning. That's the bottom line is you go in, you're going you're gonna to leave learning something new and improving your game. And it instills that mentality of always improving, infinite improvement. And, um, yeah, I'd say if you want to learn martial arts, you come down to PFA because we do BJJ, wrestling, Muay Thai, with the best of them, right? I think that's that's key, too. And I think right now, especially during COVID, you're seeing it, uh, especially with a lot of guys who went to an ATT or an AK, one of these big gyms, and then – by default and they had no choice they go back to their hometown mm-hmm. and they're finding a lot of success from their home gyms because you know they, it's a family feel like these guys grew up at this gym and it's like it, it almost feels like they, they feel rejuvenated being back home and i think that's that's the key there is finding a team that really works w- well with you not just a big gym not you don't want just bodies yeah. you want to you want a solid team absolutely i can agree more and i think too as mma's evolved there's a lot of these more kind of smaller gyms that pop that pop up or have been around for a long time that now you feel like you can get the learning there before, you know, the level of martial artists. Now we got guys, electrician and a welder and, you know, that maybe aren't trying to be MMA fighters, but are still martial artists and are still badasses. So you can still learn something from them. And of course, I think that is important as well as making sure that you are in a room full of, of, competing elite level martial art mma fighters or jujitsu practitioners or kickboxers right so you're you are fine-tuning in that realm but also it's good to just be adaptable and learn from everybody yeah so i think that sometimes it kind of introduces you a bit more to that realm and you get same thing i think it gives that resurgence that good energy you know you feel like you have something really to fight for for your gym and and i i think that there's probably the pros and cons of both but with here, I'm, I feel really lucky, the guys I'm surrounded by, and everybody that I'm by is super competitive, and they're improving every day. So that's it. That's the energy I like to be around. So I think little gyms like that, they have that energy, and you see that. And I haven't got a chance to go to some of the bigger gyms, but, you know, one day when quarantine is all done, I suppose. Yeah, and, and I really think that is a, a very good point because, I mean, you go to, like, a, an AKA, those guys have all, like – you know, Sambo world champions. And then if you get matched up with a guy who's a white belt or a blue belt, they're going to move differently. And I think, uh, you know, getting that, you know, rolling with an engineer is 
you're going to learn something because like he may move away that a black belt may not. Um, he may not be as skilled, may not be as talented, but he may offer you something that you haven't seen before. So I think that it, it is good, and it definitely is good to to, to get that as well. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, you want you want to full circle, learn learn kind of mm. every way, and you know that's that is at the heart of martial arts. Maybe not at the heart of competitive MMA, but at the heart of martial arts is to be prepared for anything, right? Is your martial arts should protect you in any situation. So you, it's good to see how someone might not react in, in a uh, professional MMA sense, right? Sometimes you'll see that too, where you're training and you're going through a move that you, you've practiced and trained for a you know a high level guy and they don't, they don't even do it. And what you're expecting, you're like, oh shit, this doesn't work now. You gotta kind of adapt anyways, right? But of course, when we're getting up to the higher levels, you wanna be, training to beat the best and the highest level guys. So I think you do have to make sure. And that's where I was so lucky with this last camp to with quarantine, it was tricky. So we just kind of made a bubble, you know, picked, I went through it and from both all the gyms in Lethbridge here, there was athletes, all the higher level athletes that are around, they all came out to help and came into my bubble for my fight camp. And so they, they, they were, you know, really awesome about that. And we got to control our training so that we still were within the recommendations and uh, kept our control with COVID and kept safe with that because don't want to test positive for that and have my fight canceled, thank goodness. But um, yeah, so it was awesome to see like the guys from CMC and of course all the athletes at PFA that came and helped me out, they were there every single night that I had needed them to be. And then the guys from CMC that came out and helped as well. It was just awesome to see just collectively everybody come together and put together an awesome camp. And that way I could have both the best worlds, right? I could train with, with, you know, all of the people that I love training with and the higher level, high level people that I love training with, they were there day in, day out, making sure that I was getting beat up and, and feeling it, feeling the grind. So it was really cool. You've been, uh, you've been working a lot with some, uh, some hockey players as well. A guy who recently got drafted. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that, but also, how did you not end up going that route? I mean, you grew up in Lethbridge, Alberta, and somehow you ended up finding MMA, not hockey. That to me is is, is shocking. Um, how did you end up doing MMA rather than hockey? Well, you know, I would say it probably would be a skill level thing, maybe. No, <laughs> no uh, I I could party. I back in the day, I could party as hard as the hockey players, but I just couldn't quite play as hard as them. You know, so no, I going through it. Rugby, hockey, like, you know, the team sport culture, I both of those, I competed at higher levels, but just um, never broke through and never never went all the way with either of them, you know. I pushed, I, I worked towards going further, but as I, as I grown up, you're partying and, you know, my priorities are just not there to, to fully go after those things. And skill level wasn't there to fully go after those things. And so it's funny because as my competitive career came to an end in those and I started going to university and, you know, I carried through continuing partying and um, the great times and great people, but it's funny how I, I didn't have a focus on anything. I had always my entire life competed. That's what I did. I wanted to be an athlete. That's what all I, all I really knew is just com competition. So then when I started university and hockey and rugby competition ended for me, I just, yeah, lack of focus, couldn't, you know, and then so partying was really what became that focus and it's uh, easy to get into trouble that way when that's your only focus is partying and 
you know, being around lots of people and it was, you know, awesome, but I also can get into trouble. So finding martial arts kind of was perfect to just immediately, as soon as I started martial arts, shifted my focus and it just became, you know, a magnifying glass on all that. Like I just zoomed in, locked in, was more focused at work. Everything kind of went to martial arts. So it kind of, you know, it saved me, I'm sure from a lot of trouble that I could have been in and thank goodness I found it. But middle of middle university kind of college, I just started as a kickboxing class. And then three months in my coach, Brad Wall said, Hey, I have an MMA fight for you. And Oh, three weeks. I was like, Oh, what? And then there I was MMA fight family came down to that in great falls, Montana. And that was an absolute riot and uh, adrenaline boost and adrenaline dump and uh, party afterwards. And so that I was hooked. I was hooked from the moment I stepped in the cage there and it's kind of been the story's been written ever since. Yeah, it's it's been it's, it's been a great journey. I mean, following it and uh, seeing your success, um, especially because a lot of Canadian fighters end up doing a long amateur career. You had one fight uh, on topology. I'm sure there's been other like yeah, five, five. Um, but that's even short for a Canadian mixed martial artist. Usually they have like 11, 12, 13. Um, and it's great that you jumped right into it. And uh, I mean, the success is there. And uh, man, I can't wait to watch uh, to watch you do work, man. This tournament, um, I'm, I've already taken up so much of your time, but I'm going to ask one last question here. Um, obviously, Christmas around the corner. If you had one wish for Christmas for December 25th, what would it be? One wish for Christmas. Oh, that is tricky because I like a lot of things. <laughs> um, no, I. I think I would probably wish for a big, a uh, big Showtime victory on February fifteenth, which is the planned date for it. If I could wish for anything, yeah, but I wish for a, a smooth camp of hard work. I love it, man. I can't wait to watch you do work. Uh, I've been a fan for a while, and uh, looking forward to these next two fights and uh, seeing you bring bring home that uh, XFC uh, title. Yeah, P.S. Shannon, get me a PS five. <laughs> i wish I, I wish i had the ability to man this podcast <laughs> yeah. isn't big enough but uh man all the best uh anyone you want to thank before we uh before we end this um just to, uh thank you for having me on and then thank you to my gym progressive fighting academy my um my strength and training at hard training uh and also for the last fight thank you to lee main lee main and everyone at cmc that came out and helped me out in that camp as well um, so they were really awesome. But other than that, thank you for having me on. All right, man. All the best. Stay safe out there out west. And, uh, man, you're doing great things for Canada. There's uh, not a whole lot of Canadian mixed martial artists. So we're all behind you, man, and best of luck. I love it. Thanks, man. There you go, Tom O'Connor. Can't wait to watch him do work for XF XFC. Um, anyway, uh, if you haven't yet, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll see you guys.